Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5. Amen. What are you doing today, friends? The gifts are probably all opened at this point. The food is mostly eaten. The parties are probably done. What do you do on the day after Christmas? Maybe you've got some cleaning up to do at home still after a Christmas party, right? The garbages probably need to be taken out, stuffed full with all the wrapping paper. Maybe you need to clean up other things, right? The kids have been playing, a little bit of a mess, whatever it might be. Maybe you're going to start writing your thank you notes. For some of us, there are kids who... We have to start compelling to write those thank you notes. For others, it's just writing thank you notes ourselves and getting down to that work. Regardless, there's a lot of stuff to do after Christmas, but eventually, right, all of that's going to be done and it'll be back to regularly scheduled programming for a while. That's kind of the ebb and flow of normal life, at least for us modern Westerners. We don't like to take a a whole lot of time off. In America, we don't tend to celebrate holidays that last more than a day, right? Maybe we get a long weekend, and that's always fun, but then it's it's back to work. Did you know the average American vacation only lasts four days? That's the average. Think about that. That's of those four days, one day that's going to be traveling there, one day that's going to be traveling back. In the middle, you've got two days. That's a weekend. Right? The average vacation boils down to nothing more than spending the weekend in a different physical place than the place where you usually spend the weekend. Why do we cut those kind of times short? Why do we have such quick turnarounds on our trips? It's because we have to get back to work. Right? So what do you do on the day after Christmas? Are you working? Today, Maybe you're not at your job since it is a Sunday. It's the day after Christmas after all. But are you working? Are you cleaning up, writing thank you notes, making New Year's plans? Are you striving? Are you producing in some kind of way? The human heart yearns to produce, to, to work, to do something. And this is how we were created, right? When God created the very first person in the Garden of Eden and breathed the breath of life for the first time into his nostrils, he gave him a task. And ever since then, we have always yearned for tasks, for things to do. It's natural. And maybe it's more acute for us, again, as as Westerners, as modern Americans, our culture kind of pushes us in that direction of producing and working. But it is really a human thing. We define ourselves by what it is that we do, what we create, what we make. That's who we are, right? We sometimes think. And studies show that when that source of identity is lost, when we first spend years, maybe decades, defining ourselves by what it is we, we do, we contribute to our family, to our team, to our office, when that source of identity is lost by a layoff, by a retirement, something like that, it can be devastating to mental health. It's devastating to define yourself in that way for such a long time 
only to have that source of identity taken away. Isn't that who I am? Isn't that where I find my meaning? No. On Christmas, we celebrate receiving a gift that gives us an identity. On Christmas, we celebrate receiving God in the flesh, Emmanuel, the Word incarnate, a brother who is our Savior. That's a gift that God gave us at Christmas. In fact, that's what our reading from Hebrews says that Jesus is. That's who he is, right? Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them, to call you brothers and sisters. That's identity. That's meaning. That's definition for you, for who you are, a gift from God. An identity predicated not on what you do, what you make, what you produce. An identity predicated on the brother given to you by God, who is your Savior. That's what we celebrate on Christmas, but what do you do again on the the day after Christmas? Do you go right back to work? Do you get right back into that mindset where you are defined by Doing, by producing, by creating, by striving, by by making something for yourself. Look, Christmas is not the only time that we receive a gift from God. Every week as we gather together here in worship, we're here to receive a gift. We're gathered around the preaching of the word. God gives us His word preached as a gift for our eternal benefit. His word explained and illustrated for us. When we are brought into church for the first time, we receive a gift. We receive the gift of adoption into his family through baptism. We gather around the altar and receive a gift. The body and blood of his son Jesus given for our sins, for our forgiveness. All of these gifts that define us, that give us identity. And we celebrate that during the hour that we're here in the service. And then sometimes right after that, we forget that our identity comes from gifts and not from what we do. Because right away after the service, it's very easy to get caught up in all of the things that need to be done, right? Very easy to get caught up in the setting up, the taking down, in the talking of church business, and not recognizing that there's another gift to enjoy there, the gift of fellowship, the gift of time spent with Brothers and sisters, that's a gift that God intends to give us on Sunday mornings too, right? The gifts aren't confined to that hour when I'm up here talking. And all of those other things, the setting up, the taking down, the church business, all of that is meant to serve the fellowship, the gathered believers, not to be overshadowed by those other things. We gather together again for Bible study downstairs Gather around again, God's word, a gift to us, given for our good. We gather together with one another to receive gifts from one another, gifts of encouragement and wisdom from our different perspectives from the years we've spent in God's word, learning from God's word. And then Bible study ends and we're thinking about the lunch that has to be made when we get home and the errands that have to be run that afternoon. 
look, a lot of these things we do need to think about, right? There are things that need to get done. Each and every day, God gives us these gifts, our, our time, our talents, our treasures to use, to use for our own good, to provide for ourselves, to use for others, for the benefit of those who depend on us. But the human heart that has yearned for real, meaningful work ever since we were booted from the garden will try and fill itself up with all manner of productivity. The human heart will try and smuggle into all of those things that we really need to do to serve our neighbor, all the hustle and the bustle that it possibly can, and we will convince ourselves sometimes that that is in service to our neighbor, that that is something that someone else really needs. But when we dial in on it, when we look at it, sometimes our schedules are just filled up with a lot of things that are meant to make us feel important, meant to make us feel worthy, necessary, needed, valuable. A lot of things that are meant to convince us that we really are human. God shows us that we are worthy, valuable, treasured, not by asking us for something, not by asking us to produce, to create. He shows us that we are valuable by giving us his son. Why did God give us his son? Not because he saw some big return on investment in the future. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. John 3.16 teaches us. God thinks you are valuable. You matter. You are worthy. Whether you produce or not, whether you are a moocher or a tycoon in the eyes of the world, you know what God says? You are one in whom he delights because of his son, Jesus. Think this week about what your justification before God provided by Jesus means for your every day. It means that you don't have to create, to produce, to work, to strive, to be worthy, to be valuable, to matter. Your justification before God means that you can look at your schedule, at your busy life, at all the things that keep you occupied and say to yourself, what of this is really serving my neighbor? What of this is just something that I'm doing to make myself feel useful, important, valuable, necessary? Consider the God who Isaiah says, will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations, who is going to do something powerful, strong, real, worthy, lasting. Who did that? Did everything truly necessary already for you? Consider these things. Treasure them up in your heart, like Mary did. She treasured up this good news given to her. Consider that perhaps the day after Christmas, and perhaps every day, is, is not time for you to produce, to strive, to work, to create. 
Brothers and sisters, maybe the day after Christmas is a day for you to ponder. Amen.